Welcome to Drive Time Talks, an exclusive podcast for Toyota's policy drivers, the team members driving policy decisions that matter to Toyota. Coming to you from the nation's capital, I'm Donna Rudy from Government Affairs. Buckle up for this episode of Drive Time Talks. In this traffic report, an extraordinary event took place in the nation's capital. Akio Toyota came to Washington. His rare public appearance in the U.S. took place before 600 dignitaries and industry leaders at the Economic Club of Washington, D.C., where he was interviewed by its president, David Rubenstein. His performance was masterful, funny, charming, and genuine. He shared his passion for cars and racing, how taking the helm of Toyota during the most difficult time in its history made him and the company stronger, and how Toyota is planning for the future of mobility and continuing its investment and commitment in the U.S. in the midst of the industry's tremendous change. When asked about the possibility of being considered a national security threat, he mentioned his love for America. Outside of Japan, the U.S. is the longest where he has lived. He said he doesn't know why they call it a national security threat, and it really makes him feel sad. But he made one promise. Regardless of the direction, he said, we will never leave the United States. In this Rush Hour segment, we talk with Amanda Crump, administrator of Toyota's Political Action Committee and all of Government Affairs special events like the annual Washington Fly-In just around the corner on April 8th. It's an annual event that the Toyota Government Affairs Department hosts every year. We have Toyota employees and suppliers from across North America. This year we have about 120 participants. They come to learn about issues and policies facing Toyota and then they spend the day on Capitol Hill talking to their members of Congress about these issues. Tell us a little bit about the agenda. The first day is briefing day. Stephen Saccone, Government Affairs GVP, will kick off the day. Then we'll hear from Bob Carter and Chris Reynolds. Congressman Terry Sewell from Alabama will talk to the group. And then Jonathan Swan, national political reporter from Axios, will talk and then take some questions. That evening, we'll have a dinner at the Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum. And who is this year's inspiring speaker? Our keynote speaker is Colin O'Brady. He's an endurance athlete and the fastest climber of the Seven Summits. Recently, he just crossed Antarctica. And what takes place on Influence Day? All the participants head to Capitol Hill to speak to their members of Congress on issues facing Toyota. To conclude the event, we host a reception, a themed reception at that. This year is the Beatles. We usually invite industry colleagues, trade association media, and members of Congress and their staff. On Pennsylvania Avenue, we're well over a month since the president received the Commerce Department's Section 232 report. When will they determine whether or not auto imports are a national security threat? Let's get up to speed with Toyota Director of International Public Policy, Lila Aridi Afas. Well, Lila, I mean, they are really keeping this a secret, aren't they? And the reason people are not talking about it is because the administration is hiding the ball on this one. On February 17th, the Department of Commerce, you know, formally submitted the findings of their investigation to the White House. And the president now has 90 days to determine which remedies he wants to seek as a result. Because I think we're all pretty clear that the report is going to find in some way, somehow, that auto imports are a threat. So, Lila, what happens after the 90 days? Well, here's the tricky part, is that after that initial 90 days, the president has an additional 180 days to actually impose any remedy. So we're looking at 270 days total. So essentially, the threat of tariffs on vehicles and auto imports 
insurance is going to hang over us this entire year till about mid-November. So how can our policy drivers help? We cannot afford to be complacent. Anyone who tells you that they're just leverage for trade talks is absolutely minimizing the risk. And the worst thing that could happen to us is that we are not prepared to act when the president decides upon a remedy and then ultimately moves forward with it. And so we will provide messaging that you can use in order to reach out to your members of Congress, your governor, your senators, just to get the word out that, hey, they found this to be a threat and we are not a threat. As we head down Constitution Avenue, we had an opportunity to catch up with Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia. Senator, you've had a long relationship with Toyota, going back to your days as governor and now senator. Can you tell us a little about the impact the company's presence in West Virginia has had? Well, I just want, and I really, and I've said that, and I mean with all my heart, it has been for the quality of work that those employees at the Buffalo plant would not have continued to get there, the investments that Toyota has made over the years. It's all because of them. When you think about Toyota, we're up to about 1,600 employees, what, $1.4 billion of investment over the years since the 1990s. But not only just Toyota, what they have been able to accomplish and the opportunities they provided and the culture they brought to the area has been so meaningful to so many people. But on top of that, look at all the other companies that have followed. We have thousands of workers in the auto industry in some way or another because of the leadership of Toyota. What are you hearing in the Senate or even from the White House on auto tariffs? Well, I think you're talking about the 232 which is basically national emergency types, national defense. I have not heard anyone telling me that, that they felt that our auto industry, either import or export, uh, was uh, of a national emergency and threat of our nation as far as the defense of our nation. With that being said, I think that all these deals should be looked upon about the countries we're doing business with, how is the trade balance or imbalance, if you will, uh, what are the tariffs that other countries are charging us to sell the same like-kind products into their area, and also should be taken into consideration countries that have made a major investment into the United States of America to get it, gain access to the market. I think that the Japanese auto industry made a uh, concerted effort and a uh, decision to make a major in investment and major impact in the uh, U.S. market, and they started building plants, and uh, they've had a long relationship. I think all that should be taken taken in consideration before it looks like there's just retaliation for the sake of retaliation makes no sense to me at all. The West Virginia auto plan is a perfect example of the benefits of trade with Mexico and Canada. Do you see Congress acting on the new USMCA? I do. I do say that that'll happen, I believe. I think there's concern and, and they want to make some corrections in that. In Mexico, basically, the labor standards and labor wages and how, how workers are treated and paid and compensated. They want to make sure there's a fairness. That will be highly, uh, I probably prioritized in the New Deal and also the fairness of how it moves. But it's imperative when we look at these are countries that, you know, especially in Canada, that uh, we don't have these large deficits of trades. And uh, we've got to be very careful of the balance that we have and don't create an imbalance. And that would be uh, strategic in, in this negotiation. But I do see us coming to an agreement on a uh, so-called new NAFTA, as we call it, the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Senator Manchin, on behalf of our team members of Toyota, thank you for your continued support. I appreciate it. I want you to know how much I value, I truly value the relationship, the confidence they have in the investments they've made in West Virginia made me so proud. On our state highway, we head to Indiana, where Government Affairs Regional Director Karen Johnston interviews Senator Mike Braun. Senator Braun, thank you so much. Really appreciate you coming out here to Princeton, Indiana to tour our facility. Being in the automotive business, I'd like to get your impression of all of the activity going out on the floor today. 
So that's an easy one because when I got started in my own business back in the early and mid-80s, I remember when there were hardly any choices when it came to sport utilities, pickup trucks, cars, and you see a plant like this that is so sophisticated and all the options you got. My whole business grew up around selling accessories for vehicles, especially trucks and sport utilities. And I look at the precision process that's uh, used to make them. It's amazing how far, you know, the whole industry has come. And so great to see that we have a facility like this right here in my own backyard. And you can see everybody looks like they're a happy camper here and it's a great job. And Well, thank you. We are very proud of our 5,600 team members yeah. that work here. Switching gears a little bit, let's talk trade. So now that the U.S., Canada, and Mexico have signed an agreement, Congress still needs to pass legislation implementing the new NAFTA. Do you see Congress taking this up before the 2020 elections? I definitely do. It was last week there were 10 senators that got called to the White House to discuss that and a few other issues, but I was one of the 10 and many of us know that President Trump and his agenda is trying to fix some inequities in trade as it has evolved over time, mostly due to where we've been helpful to get other economies going. I think we're making headway there in the fact that the uh, USMCA just mostly a few things need to be fleshed out to where it comes through the legislative process and gets put in place. And we're real close there. Now, I think uh, very soon most of us, especially for me, in an automotive state, we need to get the USMCA across the finish line. Yeah. So still on that topic of trade, we yep. kind of switch a little bit to Section 232. While not public, uh, the assumption is that the Department of Commerce has given the president the authority to impose the 25% tariff on right. auto and auto parts. Do you think the president will actually implement these tariffs? I would be one that would argue not. And I've been pretty well in line with the president trying to get these remedies put in place to where you bring folks to the table, modify, you know, agreements that weren't working too bad, especially among Canada, Mexico, and ourselves. You know, I think that tariffs, it's a double-edged sword. It can bring you to the table. Mm -hmm. It's not a long-term tool. It's too disruptive, and especially as it would affect the automotive industry and uh, even other industries. Of course, agriculture, which is a big deal around here, has mm -hmm. uh, felt the brunt of, you know, counter tariffs. Now let's take a quick detour. Did you know that it would cost you more if you were trying to buy a pristine low mileage Mark IV Supra that hasn't been sold in the U.S. for over 20 years than it would to buy a brand new 2020 Supra this summer? Wow. I mean, talk about retaining the Toyota value. Supra, after all, does mean to surpass, and it looks like it's living up to its name. And that's it for Drive Time Talks. Thank you, policy drivers, for continuing to make the difference for Toyota. Stay engaged by following us on Twitter at Toyota Policy. This is Donna Rudy signing off from Washington. Mata Ayama Show. Until next time.